Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's been called the most massive attack from the air yet. I'm talking about the attack on Ukraine from Russia. Yes, friends, it has been so long. We have not forgotten our Ukrainian friends and our American friends that are telling the stories of Ukrainian terror, Russian terrorism against Ukraine and the Ukrainian people still fighting for their freedom, their autonomy and their ability to live freely in their country. Checking in with Joe Lindsley once more. Joe, Joe refers to himself, and you know he's been a friend to the show. He's been on with us now for since the very beginning of the war. He refers to himself on his um, Instagram, the only American reporting in Ukraine every day until victory. And yeah, I want to know if he thinks victory is still possible. He is joining us from Ukraine. Joe Lindsley from Ukrainian Freedom News. Thank you so much for joining us. Jordana, happy New Year's Day to you, or the uh, Novum Rokum, as they would say here in Ukraine. And, uh, you know, in Ukraine, uh, Novum Rokum. And despite the, I mean, it, we've been through, we've been slapped around a lot uh, the past several days. In fact, just uh, about an hour ago, there was a Rus- on New Year's Day, a Russian drone strike upon Kiev, the capital city. Uh, there was an attack upon Odessa uh, yesterday, and at about 4 o'clock this morning, we had a drone attack upon Lviv. Uh, the Russians used the drones to very precisely hit the Ukrainian museum that's very uh, important to the history of Ukrainian independence. Uh, clearly, it was, I mean, it, was a, it was a direct hit, uh, so we do see these precision hits. Uh, notably, though, that, you know, it's important to note through all of this that uh, it is Christmas for Ukrainians. They celebrated very... Uh, fiercely, and they will continue to celebrate it through the month of January uh, in the streets of Lviv. Uh, you, people are fairly exhausted, but you hear people singing the songs of the season. They greet each other. Uh, instead of saying good evening or good morning, they say Christos Rodevsa, which means Christ is born. And then the response is Slovimo Yoho, which means glory to him. And you hear that everywhere uh, throughout the city. It is kind of like living in, in a Charles Dickens, uh, you know, in a Christmas carol. Yes. Uh, and so this is despite uh, sort of the hell that has been unleashed. And, you know, for, for really throughout the fall, uh, in my daily report on WGN Radio and other places, I was trying to remind, tell Americans that, you know, a, a year ago, in, in 2022, uh, Russians pounded Ukraine with about 80 to 100 missiles every single week. Uh, the infrastructure was heavily damaged. There was no power, no electricity. That has not happened this year. And a lot of that is due to what Ukrainians have been able to do to the Russian uh, Navy in the Black Sea. Uh, they've used long-range missiles from the United Kingdom to, to disrupt uh, Russian operations in the Black Sea, and it's made it very difficult for Russia to attack. But everyone knew that the day was coming, that Russia, you know, if you give Russia enough time, they're going to figure out, uh, they're going to resupply, and they're going to figure out a new strategy. And we knew that day was coming. So that day arrived on the 29th, uh, Thursday, Friday, in the middle of the night, and it, it was hell. It was um, 122 uh, missiles throughout the country, uh, plus mm. about three dozen drones. And, uh, you know, it, 
there was it sort of came in two parts. First, there was, and I was here in Lviv at the time. Uh, there were drone attacks, and the it was a very foggy, cloudy night, and I'm, I'm overlooking the center of Lviv, and it was like watching some bizarre fantasy movie because you could see the searchlights frantically looking for these incoming Iranian-made drones. Uh, you can hear them; they sound like mopeds or lawnmowers, but they move pretty slowly and they're very nimble. And then you hear the machine gun fire frantically trying to shoot them down. And at one point, that machine gun fire was coming from the center of the city, uh, from these beautiful fairy tale-like buildings. Uh, you see this modern uh, weaponry uh, being deployed to, to, to stop these drones, and, 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 and then there were a number of explosions. And, and th- but that was, that's fairly normal. That happens now and then. And then mm-hmm. a couple hours later, the all-clear alarm sounded, and, and then maybe about 10 minutes later, uh, we began to have reports that the Russians were launching a, a huge range of missiles, including the hypersonic Kinzhal missiles that can only be stopped by the Patriot missile battery from the U.S. And Ukraine only has a handful of these batteries, so <laughs> Kyiv is protected, but we don't have that here in Lviv. They don't have that in Kharkiv. And uh, a few moments later, I mean, these all, it's an absolutely awful sound, the sound of incoming missiles. Uh, it's something that, that, that goes deep into your soul. Uh, in quick succession, there were three missiles that hit here in Lviv uh, within just about a minute and a half. Uh, and I was walking by a church at the time, and I heard people, uh, in, you know, they, they, I heard that they, there was a choir chanting in the church for the morning uh, mass, and they kept going, <laughs> even mm. during these strikes, while the city is being rattled and, 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 and shaking. And, and, you know, the world sort of, the media paid attention to that story, but then the next day, uh, on Saturday, uh, the city of Kharkiv, where I spent a lot of time, 30 miles from Russia, uh, they, they got, they've been hit. Uh, uh, Russia is, is doing something extremely sinister right now, the way they are attacking Kharkiv. Kharkiv has not been hit like this since the very first weeks of the full-scale invasion. On Thursday, Friday, 23 Russian missiles hit the city of Kharkiv, a city that has really come back to life in the past six months. So there's a lot of people there. Uh, I, I've been there when there have been eight missiles, but never 23. And over the weekend, they hit a hotel in the center of the city, a five-star hotel where foreign media and, 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 and others would stay. Uh, my, the coffee shop I would used to go to uh, every day in Kharkiv, I was hit at 1 o'clock in the morning Sunday by an Iranian drone. It's totally gone. Uh, they are pounding Kharkiv. And I've never heard fear in the voices of people in Kharkiv, but I hear that now. You mentioned these are Iranian-backed missiles. You, you said you knew that everybody knew that Russia was going to rearm after a period of quiet. Um, you know, Ukraine has done an incredible job of fighting back against this invasion from Russia. How has Russia rearmed, re-upped? Who is supporting them in their ta- attempted takeover of Ukraine? Well, we see, so these, the, the drones uh, were originally made in Iran. We have some indications that now they're starting to build these in Russia. Uh, but, you know, we, we, there's also indications that, uh, you know, obviously that China has been cooperating uh, with Russia. But the main thing that we see is, you know, this is what has happened several times in these past couple of years. You know, Ukraine will open, crack open a window of opportunity. And what they did to, to disrupt the Russian Navy was extraordinary. And, and that was largely thanks to uh, these storm shadow missiles from the United Kingdom uh, and to Ukrainian sea drones. With, with great ingenuity, they're able to sneak, uh, sort of these drones go through the water. 
and they were able to do sneak attacks on major Russian ships. And what Ukraine has done, it's made it unsafe for any Russian vessel to be in the Black Sea. And everyone sort of forgets this. We heard the news of, you know, uh, last summer there, there, there had been a year-long grain deal brokered by Turkey and the UN and others mm-hmm. that allowed the export of Ukrainian grains, and Russia had agreed to it. That deal fell apart in July, but by August, Ukraine was able to ship goods and grain through the Black Sea because of their military work, especially because of those storm shadow missiles and because of the drones. And so what Ukraine had was a window of opportunity. Uh, Zelensky was in Washington in September. He begged for more uh, long-range support. The U.S. gave about 17 of these long-range attacking missiles. They're called attackers. Uh, as soon as they arrived in October, Ukraine used them. They hit Russian air bases on Ukrainian territory. And Ukraine is showing if they have the tools, they can do it. But Washington won't give the tools, uh, Jordana, and, and not only that, but they won't give the permission for Ukrainians to hit the Russian bases from which Russia launches these attacks. So Ukrainians are Why? They, they hit. Well, this Why? is the question that needs to be asked in, in, in Washington. And, you know, there, there's, there, there's different aspects here. One, you know, we had have, we have the death of Henry Kissinger uh, a few months ago, right? The people, there's a lot of people who believe sort of his school of thought that the world needs to have Russia in the global balance. You know, they, they just can't imagine a world without Russia. And so they're terrified of some idea of Russian defeat. Uh, there's other people that stand to benefit from a long war. Uh, they, they don't want a quick victory for Ukraine because then the defense contracts will go away. And so th- there's different motivations which we really need the press to examine very rigorously. But if you look at you know, the debate in Washington on the spending package for Ukraine, uh, you know, whatever it was, $60 billion or so, and, and even Ukrainians and, and their allies in Europe are saying you know, we, that this money is needed, but it's not the money that's needed. That, that package, if you look closely, it does not actually contain anything that will change the game here. It only is sort of like continued life support uh, for Ukraine. But there's, there, there's no promise in that package of long-range weapons for Ukraine and there's no permission for Ukraine to hit targets on Russian soil. And uh, on uh, the day before this massive Russian attack, the biggest of the war, the, uh, there were reports in the city of Belgorod, which is about 30 miles on the other side. It's in Russia. It's very close to Kharkiv. And from that city, the Russians frequently attacked Ukraine. Ukrainians are able to send sort of short-range missiles and drones to that city every now and then. They don't really have the blessing of Washington to do so, but they have to start doing something. And so something happened on Wednesday. Ukrainians had an attack, it seemed, on Belgorod. We don't know. Maybe it was also Russian air, de- air defense uh, misfired, and there were civilians killed in Russia. Immedi- and we, we see this sort of happening with Israel sometimes. Immediately, the United Nations uh, you know, issued a big statement. They had a Security Council meeting condemning Ukraine <clears throat> for attacking. <laughs> and so as soon as Ukraine gets a chance to hit targets on Russian soil, which is the only thing that's going to let this end, they get attacked. And, and, then, and then the next day, after that small, seemingly Ukrainian attack, we still don't know, the next day we have this massive attack by Russia. Massive, like mind-blowing. And in the media, that's from The Economist to the BBC, they call that Russia retaliating for this tiny attack. And so Ukraine never gets to retaliate, but Russia does. And so even we, we think that the world supports Ukraine, but there's a fundamental... Uh, incoherence, I think, in, in, in the way we talk about what's happening here. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. I guess I just don't understand why and what the what the United States thinks is going to happen. Like, how is this going to come to a conclusion? And like you like you write in your Instagram post reporting every day until victory. I mean, Joe, is victory possible for the Ukrainians? It, it is. Well, in one sense, you know, everything I've seen in this country, Ukrainians will not surrender. They don't want to live like Russians, uh, especially now. Now they have ever more reasons not to do that. Uh, so it's not, it's a, they won't keep fighting until the end, but what we see, and Russia knows this, that Ukraine, they want to bleed out Ukraine. You know, and I, I you know, there, I, I, there was, this is happening, you know. There, there's so much suffering at the front mm-hmm. and in the cities. Uh, their goal is to bleed out Ukraine. And, you know, especially since Hamas attacked Israel, the Russians have controlled these, the narrative and the propaganda about what's happening. Hardly anyone talks about Ukraine's successes, and, and we have this, this sort of ridiculous, you know, spending proposals in Washington that are not serious about, about victory for Ukraine. And so this is, this is uh, exactly what Russia wants. Uh, American yeah. politicians on all sides are playing directly into Russian hands. And, you know, when, when I, I've intensely been asking Americans I know, like Americans, including in Congress and very wealthy people who pay for people in Congress, I've been asking them the past weeks, why don't you support Ukraine? And, and the, the answer I hear is, well, there's, you know, we're, we're frustrated with the border. There's so many difficulties in America. America's a mess. Uh, you know, we can't worry about this. And the Russians know that, and they are feeding that fire every chance they get. Joe, we have about a minute left, but what do you need, and how do you see this ending? You know, the way, the way I see this ending is if some – Smart people with large audiences in America, you know, on the so-called right of center spectrum, people who have been skeptical of Ukraine, not like Tucker Carlson, people that don't lie, but are good reporters, and someone like Ben Shapiro, maybe, or Joe Rogan, Mm -hmm. they've Mm -hmm. been ignoring Ukraine. And if somehow they see that they've been lied to, that actually the White House, when they say they're supporting, it's a fake support. And and, 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 and if someone like that can wake up and Americans can realize that this can be done, efficiently, economically, if you just get Ukraine the long-range weapons. And, you know, just think about that attack that happened on Thursday and Friday in the morning. The, you know, if you look at a map of, of Europe, Ukraine is the largest country in Europe. If Russians can send that type of hellfire all the way here, almost to the Polish border, if they're successful here, they can send missiles anywhere they want in Europe without compunction, you know, with, with no problem. And the world really should, should start paying attention to that. Joe Lindsley, again, Ukrainian Freedom News. Please check him out online. Joe is not only a journalist, but also an activist supplying troops with humanitarian things that they need. Uh, Joe, before I let you go, I mean, how are you staying safe? You know, th- these are difficult days for everyone here. It's, it's hard. Yeah. It's heavy. And, uh, you know, one thing that does help uh, is, is the spirit of the season, uh, the way Ukrainians sing together. And uh, I was just talking with friends who were playing uh, American spirituals in the Ukrainian hospital for soldiers uh, who have been badly wounded. And they, they so much appreciate this. And so that is how people are keeping going. 
Uh, we had great supporters in the U.S. that, you know, send money for drones and things that the soldiers need. Uh, that's how we keep going. But these are heavy days, and, you know, we've had so many alarms and attacks through the weekend. I think we're facing these next days, and well, I'll just give you, I'm even just looking at the next days. We're facing some of the most intense and difficult times when every bit of strength is required to keep going. Joe, I'm thinking about you every day and the people of Ukraine and uh, wishing you a hopeful, a victorious, and eventually a happy new year because um, you guys are suffering and you've been doing incredible work. And I would just love there to be peace for all of you and, and sovereignty for Ukraine. Always. Thank you. And uh, happy <laughs> new year as well to you. Thank you, Joe. We'll check back in with Joe again soon. And uh, I love that Joe is a hopeful person and he understands what he needs. But we are it just it seems dire there. It seems that Russia, with the backing of Iran, of course, who also backs Hamas, uh, it's, it's just a constant flow of money. And if the Ukrainians are waning on American support, I just I pray that some truth and some justice will be done in this world for all those that are suffering. It's a hard conflict. Uh, thank you for um, listening, getting an education with me, and we'll be right back. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 